Today's date is February 24th, 2023. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky? And come fishing with us. Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Get thee behind me, Satan. And don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus to the temple up on top. And he said, if you are the son of God, to fall for this illusion drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil gave told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord thy god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome to this is an official Godcast. Praise God, it's Friday, and such a blessing to be here with you again. My name is Ron Johnston. I'm here with Flightworks Mary and Burke, and once again, another great testimony this week with Nate Wattenhofer. Let's go ahead and say hello to our Godcasters. It's Friday night in Nineveh, Flightworks Mary and Burke. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear, I can you. hear you. Oh, good. Hi, That's half the battle. <laughs> Mike, are you with us? 
I'm here if you can hear me. We can yep. hear you. Um, yeah. Mike and Mary, I wanted to speak to you guys. We just signed on with two new guests for their testimonies. Mike, I'll start with you. I uh, want you to tell us about this new guy here, CJ Hicks. He's not part of Bards Nation, so he, he's an outsider. Can, can you tell us about CJ Hicks? CJ is my friend. He's one of my best friend's sons. He's a couple years older than me. He's got an interesting testimony. Grew up in a Christian home. Um, had some a few hiccups in his life, and I think it'll be very interesting to see to hear what God's done in his life. Is really he's really quite an amazing man. I um, admire him quite well, uh, quite much. And he's a well speak good speaker. He's he teaches Sunday school a lot in our church. Uh, he's just yeah. real knowledgeable guy. I think you guys will really like him. Uh, a group of guys that do our Sunday school and they're all elders. Um, and CJ is quite young actually in comparison to our other Sunday school teachers. And he happens to be my favorite. I really enjoy CJ and your uncle Brian. But yeah, we're going to enjoy having CJ on. That's going to be really nice. And Mary, we yes. have a woman that was part of our Shore Up program who has leaned in and wants to do a little bit yes. more. Tell us about her. Yes. So this will be a little red rocking chair, as you might know her as her handle here on Podbean. And she is coming on May 12th to share her testimony. And some of you might have heard her. She, I think she called in on Conley's show uh, not too long ago, and uh, uh, we got to hear a little bit from her then. So we, we're just super, super excited. She's got a blog as well, so uh, maybe she'll talk about that as well. Um, really a cool, uh, cool writer. So, yeah, excited about that. Both amazing people, and we're really excited to have them both on. And tonight we have a very special guest. Nate Wattenhofer. Hello, sir. How are you today? I'm doing really well, Ron. How are you tonight? I'm doing fantastic. I am so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here. We know you're a busy person. You are the founder, the owner, the CEO, the Headley Dan Do, over at the King's Ranch in Minnesota. Uh, I did a little research. It's a 10 and a half acre hobby farm, but it is much more than that. Tell us about the ranch and what you do over there. Well, the ranch originally, uh, I kind of started in the end of 2007. And it originally wasn't going to be part of necessarily a ministry. So sometimes God kind of will rock your world a little bit and open up doors that you didn't expect. Mm -hmm. So over the last bunch of years, we've uh, started out doing dance lessons, Bible studies, uh, just fun nights, you know, game nights, bingo nights, started bringing in live bands and we try to keep everything, uh, Christian based, clean entertainment. And also, uh, it's an alcohol free, drug free environment. And, uh, it's amazing just in the fact of how many people are hungry just for a place to go because we kind of narrow in a little bit more or we did originally narrow in on more of the singles that may have been divorced once or twice or three or four times depending on who it is is <laughs> uh, a place for them to go as an alternative to back to the bars or online dating mm 
Yeah. Uh, just yeah. for a place to be around the body of Christ. Good, clean fun. Yeah. That's yeah, where absolutely. I dance. And this is Mary's dancing place. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. it, like you said, though, it's a lot more than just dancing. But uh, when I when I'm talking about I'm going out to the ranch to do some dancing, that's what I'm talking about. So I'm going out to Nate's place. So. Well, Nate, thank you so and, much. Uh, yes. Sure. And everything uh, kind of morphed around here. So we started out originally with just a little concrete floor. And then uh, ended up repurposing gym floor with a NeoShock system underneath. So when you walk across the floor, dance, the floor flexes a little bit. So yeah. uh, if you're into that, into uh, ballroom dancing or something, it is so much easier on your knees and yes. your whole body. Yes. So that Very was a real so. godsend to be able to do that. So we love it. That's a yeah. great idea. I could use some of that flooring in my whole life. <laughs> Put a little pep in my step. Yep. Speaking of peps, and oh, a little shock. Wow, off. You sound like you got a little more pep in your step tonight. I, I grabbed an extra cup of coffee and I uh, drank some iced tea before that. So. I yeah, tell them how much sleep you got. Oh, <laughs> last night I apologize to everyone that was looking for me last night. I was not in any of the chat rooms last night. I was sleeping at eight thirty. I fell asleep halfway through Conley's show, and that says nothing about Conley. Your show is very exciting and awesome, but I just didn't keep them <laughs> open any longer. Mike's been working. <laughs> actually he hasn't been working me hard enough and when i get bored i get tired and i i was explaining it to jeff i'm i think i'm in like hibern i'm in this hibernation state i just want to like eat and sleep right now um but that's winter time you know that's just the way i get in the winter time summertime comes and i'm i'm working until 10 o'clock at night in the yard you know i just i love to be out but yeah so i i, I got a little extra pet my step because i got some sleep last night it feels great doesn't it feel great to get some sleep every now and then you know yeah, it doesn't happen with me. When does that come? Either. Sunday night? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, we have a big gathering out at the ranch tomorrow. So, Tell us about it. We'll What's be, going on tomorrow? No sleep. It's what we call a ranch roundup. Uh, originally, we would just do dance nights, and then we would do uh, just like game nights. So it'd be kind of the extroverts one night, and then the introverts another night, and we kind of didn't like to have everybody separated. So we just started doing what we call a ranch roundup. So it's open for everybody. So if you want to come and play games, we have a full pickleball court set up, uh, bag toss, a couple of those ping pong tables, uh, all the dancing going on, fire table. There's a myriad of different things, a lot of booths. So people want to just sit down and, and play games. They can do that. Uh, so it's kind of open to about anything. Yeah. It's a fun time. You want to open one of those up in Michigan for us? <laughs> it sounds like you know, I'd love to. Uh, I tell you what, uh, I would love to see this be just kind of a model that could be replicated around the country because there is such a demand for it. Uh, people just yeah. uh, getting away from the, the regular world and. Uh, just get a chance to fellowship with other believers in the same location is really kind of the key, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We're two or three gathered together. 
He will be there among them. Um, yeah, it was. Let's go over just a couple of announcements before we get started. Godcast is your place of prayer. So if anyone has a prayer request, please tag Mary, chat that into the uh, chat there. And if it's unspoken, just tag Mary, write unspoken. I will pray for you at the end of the show. Next week, March 3rd, 7 p.m. Eastern time, right here on Podbean Friday, March 3rd, we're going to have Sovereign Tea giving us testimony a week from today. March 10th, we're going to have Jenny Lynn Downs. And on March 17th, we're going to have Wade Remington. So we got three big nights coming up in the following three weeks. So don't miss out on those. Mike, do you want us to get us started here tonight, buddy? What do you want me to do? Let's go to the Father, man. Let's go to prayer. Let's uh, start out with a prayer, and then we'll get into this testimony. Let's have some fun. Sounds good. Father, tonight, we thank you for Nate and his willingness to come here to share his testimony. We look forward to hearing on how you have worked in his life. We pray, Lord, that you would use this testimony to honor and glorify you and you only. We pray that it would draw the lost to a place of surrendering their lives to you. We know that we can pray that your will is for people to get saved. Please, Lord, just, just use us and this platform to bring lost souls to you. Help us, Father, not to just honor you with our with our lips, but help us to honor you with our hearts. May you be glorified in all that we say and do this evening. We love you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mike. Amen. amen. Appreciate that. Well, Nate, Nate, you have the floor. All right. Well, let's give this a show here. Um, I grew up in a little small town in South Dakota. And ironically, the name of the town is called Faith, South Dakota. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> of all things. Of all things. Yeah. And as I grew up, uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of in the normal household. There was six of us kids, a good old Catholic family. And growing up, my mother was pretty much the spiritual leader of the house. She was the one that made sure we would. And uh, did everything that I thought was, uh, you know, what you did normally as you're growing up. And it was it was really uh, fun to grow up in a small town when you knew everybody and everybody knew you and you knew everybody in the neighboring town. So a lot of times you had to kind of mind your P's and Q's a little bit because uh, news gets around a little bit too fast in a small town. So anyway... Uh, uh, everything went along pretty normal. I was pretty active in sports and, uh, we did our share of drinking. Even when we were young, beer was pretty much available anywhere you wanted to. And I go back to the days when, uh, cigarette machines were actually, uh, on the street corners and vending machines. Yeah. So you could, uh, your mother would say, Hey, go get me some cool cigarettes. So you go down and put your 35 cents in and bring her home a pack of cigarettes. So that was pretty normal, a little bit different uh, today, I guess. So uh, 
like I say, I was heavily into the sports and, uh, and also girls. I wasn't a intellectual powerhouse by any means, kind of stumbled my way through. And, uh, once I graduated from high school, I was pretty decided that I needed to move on in life. And I think my mother was decided that that was the same, uh, thought she had because my graduation gift was luggage. <laughs> so it was kind of like, okay, uh, it's time for you to go. So I ventured down to Minnesota where I had relatives and was able to get a job down here in metal fabrication. So, uh, I did that for a few years and then, uh, ended up getting laid off when the economy started going a little bit south. And, and after about six months of living on unemployment, uh, everything was going to run out. So I started my own small business building uh, exercise equipment for some of the local gyms. And I never really worked out until I kind of moved down here to Minnesota right out of high school and uh, kind of got heavily involved in that, got into the bodybuilding and competing and, and still building the fitness equipment along the way out of a little one and a half car garage. Well, after about three years of a pretty intense training and qualifying to go to the Mr. America, I looked in the mirror and I thought, if I got to take this many drugs to make it to this level, I'll kill myself in the sport. Yeah. So I pretty much immediately stopped working out, stopped taking the drugs and just left everything and just kind of concentrated on building the bodybuilding equipment and stuff for a lot of the local health club chains. And, uh, I did that for, well, I still do that actually to today. So it's been a long, it's been a long time. Yeah. And, uh, but after, uh, after the bodybuilding thing was done, I just kind of lived life kind of free and wild for about 15 years. And I kind of walked away from the church actually, as soon as I got out of high school, it just didn't, I don't think I was being fed. Plus maybe it was just, you know, once you said hit a certain age, you're like, oh, I'm going to go find my own world. And that just wasn't part of it. So, uh, in the, uh, in the early nineties, I had, uh, thought I'd done pretty well for myself with business and had gotten engaged to a gal. And then I ran into some issues and anyway, uh, I uh, ended up getting the state of Minnesota on my case a little bit and they did a big audit and went through this big process and ultimately they came in one day, seized my home, business, bank accounts, and pretty much wiped me out on that front. And then about a couple days later, the gal that I was engaged to decided that she was going to exit stage left also. So this, Man. without a doubt, was uh, part of life where uh, you couldn't put the pieces together and uh, it was just really, really dark. And this went on for about six weeks of just uh, hitting the rock bottom and feeling like death just lives inside of you and you just cannot break it no matter what. You know, you, I probably told the same story to 50 different people a hundred times each. I'm sure they were like, gosh, I wish this guy would get some help because, uh, man, we're getting tired of listening to his problems all the time. 
So anyway, uh, I looked my circle of friends over and there really wasn't anybody that I really thought I could console with except one gentleman and he made parts for me for the uh, exercise equipment. And what he stood out about him was that he would always come down and deliver the parts and he always drove a ratty old pickup truck with a bench seat. And his wife always sat next to him. And I thought, you know, that really reminds me of back home, you know, where the boyfriend and girlfriend yeah. always just sat yep. next to each other. Yeah. And she was always there and he was so humble in life. And the funny thing is he never spoke a word of, of gospel to me ever in the 15 years that I had known him for making parts for us. And uh, so anyway, I cornered him and I said, hey, Dan, I said, I got this going on in my life. And I said, I really just can't make this pain go away. I said, you know, I thought I was all that, but I'm not. And I was just really, really in a broken spot. So he says, well, you know, I'm going to leave you something at your house tomorrow. So the next day was Saturday. I came home from work and uh, he left a life application study Bible, New Testament sitting on my doorstep. And I oh. thought, oh, man, I said, I don't think I ever remember opening one of those up before. But I said, you know, I ain't got nothing to lose. So I went up in my bedroom and I just started on reading through Matthew. And I started to identify myself in there. I identified my friends in there. And after about a half hour, I finally just surrendered. I said, okay, Lord, I said, I'm done. I can't do it my way anymore. Oh, you know, right. I said, I need you to, uh, to lead the way. I said, I'm, I'm broken. I can't do it anymore. Amen. And once I surrendered, I, uh, I felt an outpouring the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was at the time. It just was this peace that just rolled over my body for about 10 minutes and all the pain was gone. And I'm like, okay, um, I don't know what that was, but <laughs> anyway, I said, uh, okay, something's given me a chance to restart. So I called my buddy up that uh, had given me the Bible and I said, Hey Dan, I said, uh, I need to get hooked up back in the church, but I said, I really don't feel like going back to organized religion. So he said, well, you know, there's this non-denomination church that meets in a school gym. And I said, well, I'll go check it out. So I went and uh, I hadn't usually gone to any churches that were meeting in a gymnasium. So that was kind of a new experience. And I walked in and they had just started worship. And uh, as soon as the worship started, I started walking in and it was just piercing my soul. And next thing you know, I was just weeping and I'm going, what is wrong with me? Here I am walking into this place where they're doing church in a gymnasium. I don't know one person in here and I'm weeping like crazy. You know, it just really was uh, something of confirmation that God says, this is where I want you to be right here. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So that was, uh, so that was kind of the start of the journey and, uh, I could really kind of start to understand, you know, when scripture tells us that, you know, we need to be uh, like a pile of clay because God can't do anything with you when you're a half formed cup. And I realized right. he had to take me all the way down to the bottom 
in order to start over again. Well, regardless of this whole situation, I still was in the process of losing my home. And I, the customers that I did have uh, pretty much abandoned me. So my income source really dropped down to as low as it's ever been. And uh, so I thought, well, okay, I'm going to have to start looking for a house. And I contacted a lady and I said, okay, now if I'm going to do some house shopping, I'm going to have to put God in first on this. And then I find out that she and her husband used to work for Billy Graham Ministries. So it was just these little calms through life, you know, where, okay, Lord, you put this realtor in front of me that has the right thing in, in mind and the right focus. So I told her my situation. So we started looking at, you want me to be, I need to feel like this is, you need to let me know. And I walked through house after house after house and some I didn't even walk in the front step and I just felt, nope, this ain't it. Yeah, so finally you just know, we get you to, know, right? Yeah, I just didn't, uh, wasn't comfortable at all. So finally we're getting down to the last houses. And uh, I looked at this house at night and uh, as soon as I walked in the door, I told her, I said, I need to make an offer on this house. I said, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. So we made an offer on it and I really didn't get a chance to look the whole house over. I was going more on what I felt like this is where I'm supposed to be. So about three or four weeks later, we we're closing on the house and uh, I had a desire in my heart that I loved lilac bushes and the house that I had had previously was just a, like a cornfield house with a stick tree in the front. So anyway, we closed on the property and I go to look at it the first time in daylight and it had all these big, huge, mature trees in the front. And I walked in the backyard and it was lined with lilac bushes. Oh, of course like, it was. Yes. <laughs> it's like, and there's what? In the summer. It was just yeah. a simple thing, you know, but I thought, wow, you knew that I love these things. And, yeah, God uh, is in the details, right? Oh, totally. it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. So anyway, um, uh, it was probably about a couple of weeks after I had surrendered, I felt really protected. It was almost like I had wagon trains around me and I was just sitting in the middle and I was just in a real safe place. And then I felt like the, uh, the wagon trains opened up a little bit and I started to venture out. And the first yeah. thing that God had started to show me was spiritual warfare. And um, because I thought, is this just human? Um, is this just how mankind is? How can I discern the difference between uh, human error or whatever and spiritual warfare? So anyway, a real simple example was uh, the gal I was engaged to had started communicating with me again. And she did mm. not know my testimony or she didn't know my conversion experience. So she started to tell me that she had a conversion experience. And I said, what was it like? And she identified it exactly the same as mine. Oh. And I thought, wow, I guess they're all the same because I really never talked to anybody. Yeah, right. And uh, 
And then I found out about a week or two later, it was just a total lie. But I was fascinated by how did she come up with that? Because nobody would have ever talked to her and shared anything that I did because I didn't even share with anybody. And I thought, wow, mm. the enemy is so clever to put the right yes. words in her mouth that just was drawing me back. He was going to try to steal me away from my journey. Yeah. And uh, thank goodness he gave me the discernment to say, you know, no, that's that's a false premise right there so yeah. uh, wrong way yep <laughs> so I started to uh, to venture on and I continued on with business and then uh, about four years later he started to put it on my heart to uh, renovate an old movie theater and I think to myself what <laughs> renovate that old movie theater I go, that thing's been down for like seven years, you know, and he just kept putting it on me, putting it on I me. I remember that movie theater. Like, okay, I'll go by there. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was it was kind of a disaster. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I went and I made a deal on doing some renovation. on Pretty set up in BSF, Bible study and fellowship. So with the, uh, the young adults group and... Uh, at that time, the amount of volunteers that came and helped us take seats out and do the work on this thing was just staggering. I couldn't do it today, but at that time, I was like, wow, you're really opening the doors for something here. So uh, renovated this, and it was going to be a Christian entertainment event center focused around uh, live Christian music. Uh, a couple of the theater rooms, we filled the floors in flat and uh, put in dance floors. So there was a little inkling that dance was going to be somewhere in this. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but there was a lot of warfare that was taking place in this facility. People were getting attacked in the parking lot. Uh, on the back of the building, people would spray 666 and F you and your God. And there wasn't anything overtly uh, Christian about the place that would just bark that and uh but i just thought it was wow somebody does not want this to happen here so i brought intercessors in from all the local churches prayed over the place and uh kind of did a little bit of house cleaning and when we finished up uh, a bunch of us gathered in the front of the uh of the stage in the main room and the spirit of laughter started to roll through there and I tell you what, if I could do that every day, I would do that. It was unbelievable. And I thought, is this, is this for real? Or is this, what is this? Yeah. Cause I'd never really experienced that. And a, uh, and, uh, a mature, uh, lady friend of mine came in with her granddaughter and they came down to the front and everybody was trying to control their laughter a little bit. So we had just said, Hey, Mimi, this is the granddaughter said, can you want to come in here? Can we pray over you? And everybody's kind of snickering and stuff like that. So everybody was laying hands on her and praying on her. And as she was sitting in the chair, she just started slumping lower and lower and lower in the chair. Next thing she was starting to drool. Wow. And uh, she got completely intoxicated with the spirit. And I thought, wow, that was... Uh, and she had fallen into the same kind of, of laughter. Well, then her grandmother said, hey, Mimi, we got to take off. And 
she got up to move and the best she could do was just slide her feet. And it took her probably about 20 minutes to get out of the, uh, out of the theater room. Wow. So it was, uh, <laughs> you know, I just think back of that and I thought that was so unbelievable. So I called up the lady next day and I said, so I've never experienced anything like that. I said, have you? And she said, Oh, absolutely. And, um, I said, so how was Mimi today? And she goes, it's like her whole insides were completely cleaned out. Oh, wow. Praise God. She was just, she was just set free and all the stuff that was just harboring inside of her. And, uh, so ultimately after about a year, I ended up surrendering this place back. I had some issues with the landlords and I really kind of was drawn back a little bit because I didn't really understand. I thought, you know, Lord, I said, you really put this on my heart as something to do. And I did everything that you said, and it, it failed in my opinion, because it's like, you know, there's so much that we could do. And that keyword was, we really wanted me to know it's not about you and me. It's all about me. Right. You ain't really in this. Yeah. <laughs> You are, but you aren't. Yeah. So um, I had to just think back of over the last year, the various different people that had surrendered their life and uh, because of that place. And a lot of times you'd never know how many more or whatever happened behind the scenes. And it just started to kind of dawn on me because I lost probably about a half a million dollars on that whole project. And I thought, you know what? If one soul was saved in there right that soul is worth a lot more than a half a million dollars so all Absolutely. of the work and effort that went into that and it really rang true with as to how special everybody is and you know how god sees you that you're invaluable right. and that was uh that was pretty humbling to to go through that whole sit that whole experience and then I kind of walked away and decided, well, it was time to make another change in life. And uh, so I started looking for this hobby farm because I wanted oh, to get neat. out of town. Sure. Um, before you go there, um, so when this was going on with the, um, the Heart Alive, yeah, Heart Alive, that was was that when you were having the like the fellowship Bible study like from BSF at your house in the smaller house. And then you had people over and it started to grow and grow. And yeah, just, yeah. If yeah. you want to talk about that a little bit, because that, I think that's a pretty fascinating story about how, you know, you'd fit almost a hundred people in your house. <laughs> well, luckily um, I had gotten involved with two different BSF groups in Minneapolis that were the young adults uh, so I started out in Hopkins and got to know quite a few people and then uh, transferred up to the northern part um, of Minneapolis and started uh, doing stuff there. Well, I got a whole other network of people and people wanted to come and do some dancing and just wanted a fellowship. So I had a two car detached uh, garage. So. I kind of cleared that all out. I put some disco lights in there and some music and, and we would just do a few things there. And next thing you know, people are like, you know, there's cars wrapped around the whole neighborhood. 
to come to your place. And I had no idea there was that many people. So we started doing New Year's Eve parties because it was a safe place to go. And some people would bring some fireworks. And, uh, and uh, once we would do the fireworks, we would kick off the new year with worship. Oh, so and, this was like a preview of what you're doing at the ranch. You did that already in the smaller place. Oh, okay. Yes, exactly. And, awesome. um, and because carpeting sucks for dancing on, I would screw some plywood down on the floor. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a little archaic, but it really worked. And I'm surprised that the floor didn't collapse from how many people were in there dancing and bouncing on the floor. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of the start. And um, I guess a lot of people just needed a place to fellowship and connect with with other believers and every year it would just grow and grow and grow. And uh, so then when I decided to get this hobby farm, I thought I would bring along a little bit of that stuff, but I didn't know how it was going to fit in right away. And every year it just morphed into something a little bit more, a little bit more and a little bit more. And uh, one of the amazing things uh, with what's going on is the amount of people that turn over uh, usually when people would come in, we'd give them a name tag. And if you're a regular, you had a gold name tag. And if you were new, you'd have a silver tag. So people that had been there could see somebody that had a silver name tag and they would know to go up and talk to them because they were new. Cause we really, uh, wanted to make sure that people felt welcome, especially the first few times they come in. Cause it could be a little ominous to walk into a place with a hundred and some people yeah. and not knowing anybody, you know, not to go hide in the corner. And we did have a few stories of people that uh, drove uh, almost uh, 75, 80 miles yes. up <laughs> from Rochester, Minnesota. And she said, I pulled in and I didn't feel like I wanted to walk in. So she said, I just turned the worship music on and I drove back home. So she didn't even come in the first time. Then the second time she came up, she came in and she said, oh, she said, this is crazy. She said, I, why did I not come in the first time? <laughs> but there, <laughs> right. there is that, there is that little bit of apprehension, you know, for women, you know, to come in and go, I don't really know anybody here. I'm by myself. And so we're trying to make sure that people feel really comfortable when they come in and we try to make sure kinda... they get tours. I was thinking that maybe we should have the greeters out in the parking lot. <laughs> Catch yeah, those don't people leave. that don't want to. Yeah, don't leave. <laughs> but uh, also, you know, um, I'm going to just kind of circle back into uh, uh, shortly after surrendering. I made a point to just ask God daily, you know, would you put somebody in my life today to witness to, to plant a seed or whatever. And uh, it was almost like he was so faithful daily of putting people in my day. And it was, it was pretty obvious. And I had a weird experience one night I was going to a birthday party and on my way over, I got stopped by, there was three gentlemen and, and they had their van was broke down sitting by the road and they said it was a church van. And could you take us over to this pastor's house and that, and then 
can you give us a ride over here? So I'm kind of taking these guys around North Minneapolis. And after the first couple stops, I'm going, okay, these guys are peddling drugs. And I'm, but I'm like, okay, let's just roll this out. And the whole time, two of the guys kept going to the houses and doing all the talking. And one guy always stayed behind. And we finally got to the last house where they were doing whatever they were doing. He looked at me and he said, I know you're a Christian. He said, I just want to tell you, I really needed this tonight. I needed to be with somebody that showed me what a Christian is like. And then we parted ways, never seen each other again. So uh, it was just amazing that you think this is kind of a chaotic night. And God said, no, stay with it because I have something planned for somebody else. Wow. And uh, that's beautiful. And an, the way God works. And, an, and another thing, you know, I, I kind of skipped around a little bit here, but uh, that's uh, okay. after I surrendered... <laughs> After I surrendered, I went and uh, bought a new uh, life application study Bible, not just the New Testament, new and old. And I thought, okay, I don't even know where to start with this. This is crazy. You know, I mean, I read through Matthew a little bit. So I thought I'd play this little game with myself. It was called Bible Roulette. Oh, I would like that game. So, <laughs> so I would just take this brand new Bible and I would just fan the pages, fan the pages, and let it fall open. So I did it. I remembered the page. And then I did it again a second time. I let it flop open. I remembered the page. I did it a third time. You know, I fanned the pages and let it flop open. Three times in a row, it opened to the same page. Wow. And it was the first page of the book of Job. And oh, I go, I guess we're wow. going to start out with Job. I said, I don't know who this job guy is, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many people say that job. <laughs> yeah. But it was, uh, it was amazing when I started to, to read his story and uh, how God had, you know, asked Satan, you know, what are you doing? You know, so you could really kind of see this relationship, you know, between God and Satan, you know, where he's allowing him to do things. And uh, it was just amazing that, uh, you know, all of the different people had said, you must be such a big sinner. That's why God's punishing you. And I could see a lot of the same kind of things in, in my journey of surrender that people said, well, what are you doing? Why is God punishing you so much? You know, he took everything away from you. And, uh, and then uh, when Job had, you know, kind of spewed back to God and then God kind of let him have it, you know, when he says, you know, where were you? And I was hanging the stars in the sky, little man. And I'm like, okay, there's a little bit of rebuke going on there. But yeah. uh, just the way I've seen him restore him many times over, from the things that he had lost. And um, I recant a lot about my own life and see where everything was taken away to the surrender and how God restores things back into your life, you know, for good. And that was, uh, that was pretty amazing. So then we get down into, 
once I had bought this property, part of it was built And I didn't find this out till after I closed on the property. So then uh, the city says, well, you're going to have to rectify some issues with this property. So you're going to have to triple the septic. You're going to have to put fire suppression in the building. And uh, you're going to have to subdivide the property. Oh. And I thought, oh, geez, you know. And so they said, well, you know, you get to name your subdivision. <clears throat> hmm. And I thought, okay, there is only one name. So I get a hold of the state and I said, is this name available for a subdivision? And she looks it up and she says, yes, it is. And I said, well, from this point forward, it'll be known as the King's Ranch. Nice. And a lot, and a lot of people say, is your last name King? <laughs> yeah. I said, no, it's Wattenhofer, sorry. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint on that one there. The child of the king. I said it is what I said it is what it is. I said it's the king's ranch. That's who I was. It's not right. It's not Nate's ranch. And um, you know, when I think back of when you lose everything in a surrender, and I tell this to people all the time too, I said, if I lose it all again tomorrow, am I okay with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Would I be happy? Probably not. But uh, I think you have to be able to let go of all the worldly things if that's the way it is. Right. And be okay with that because you know that he's got another plan for you just waiting. Yes, absolutely. So kind of a little bit of in a nutshell. So I don't know if you have any questions. Well, I'll, I'll let the guys ask because they might have some questions. I just want to comment on I don't. just your whole attitude of surrendering and your humble humility towards Christ and his leading. I, would, I really appreciated that and that you amplified that he was leading you and it was all about him and what he's done for you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, thank you for that. You I know, was it's it's. I was amazed how you were able to see that he was in pursuit of you. Um, and my testimony in my life, that is one of the things that I recognized. And, you know, it, it had gotten to a point one time in my life where I was driving down the road in my car and I was saying to myself, you're talking to God, actually. And I said, what do you want with me? I mean, I am, my life is just, it's torn and I, there's nothing here. Like, I don't understand. Why are you after me? Why do you want me? But I could see that you noticed that too, that he just kept dropping little crumbs in front of you. Follow this, follow this, follow this. And you're so obedient and you did it. Um, that was one of the things that I noticed. Very powerful. Yeah. Well, and sometimes, you know, we don't know what those are. And <clears throat> just reflecting back on that broken stage of life, you know, I had considered suicide. And I'm sure a lot of other people have, and they probably followed through with it. Um, but it, it just kind of told me, you know, how much pride lives inside of you that you yeah. can't let go of things because it was like, you took everything from me that I've worked my whole life to achieve and it's gone so quickly. And I'm like, I can't be good with that. I just can't. It was stolen. And, uh, and the weird thought is, 
at that time before you're broken, uh, I actually kind of thought weird. I thought, you know, if I could get a hold of a rocket launcher, I'd put one right through the front door of that state of Minnesota building. <laughs> <laughs> so good thing those a aren't available because I right now. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought, oh geez, good thing those aren't yeah available because uh, I probably would have followed through and probably wouldn't have been a good day for me. I don't want to spend the rest of my life incarcerated. Yeah. Kind of like freedom is kind of a nice thing. Yeah, it was um, out at the the ranch. It really was a time of, it was a a lifeline, I think, in the last, especially the last three years for a lot of people. And I am just, um, I'm just amazed at how God works through all of it. And, you know, just the different groups of people that come and go through there. And like you said, like the turnover and stuff. Um, it's just amazing how there are certain season for people that will come and they will bring a blessing of one kind or another. And um, getting to see that happen is, is pretty amazing. I mean, it's, it's more than just a place that people go and, and they dance and, and, you know, and that we're building, you know, relationship with each other and, and with God at the center. He's always at the center. I mean, um, Nate plays a lot of, he's great with the music. It's the music is really awesome there and great sound system and videos and things. But I mean, even in a lot of our line dances and things that we do, we're doing them to Christian music. You know, we're honoring God and, and all of those things. So I so appreciate that you have God at the center of all of that. Neat. Well, the, uh, the funny thing is I have a counter that tells us how many times we played certain songs and by far and away, the most played song at the ranch is God's great dance floor by Chris Tomlin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, uh, and the new music that, that kind of keeps popping up. We try to weave it all in as best we can. And, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. And, and here we don't just play the music. We have music videos that go with everything. So it kind of gives you the a visual stimulation as well as the other stimulants that it takes. So anytime I go out any other place and they're just playing music in the background, it seems like something's missing here. Yeah. Why am I not, why am I not seeing the artist play? And, um, uh, I started getting a little bit more into that with the worship because I would be able to download, uh, whether it's Hillsong or Elevation or Chris Tomlin or somebody performing live in concert with the lyrics. So it felt like you were more at a concert or just watching the artist one-on-one versus just some uh, lyrics with some cheesy background. Right. And I really kind of appreciate that. Uh, so we still have to, find somebody that can put lyrics to our music videos so we can get a little bit more variety because there's always new music coming out all the time and I love it. Yeah. That's one of the things I really have liked about um, the New Year's Eve parties. They're, these are big parties, you know, with several hundred people. and But you've always taken the time to start the new year off in worship and just, you know, dedicating the, the next year to the lord and that's one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is 
is the worship. You know, so. well, I appreciate that. You know, and I really enjoy watching uh, uh, people getting blessed. And I think that's probably the biggest charge I get out of uh, the dance nights or whatever is to look around the room, uh, see people smiling, getting a chance to kind of get out of the doldrums of the day-to-day -day, uh, stuff that's been going on. The, there's a lot of defeated uh, mentalities out there right now because they're just depressing this, depressing that. And it's like, you know, we need to come out here and just forget about all that stuff for a little bit and uh, breathe and get to know one another. And I think that's why God has had me in this season of more of fellowship leaning uh, right now. And uh, hopefully by maybe next fall, we'll restart uh, uh, Bible studies, which uh, those are uh, what I call the yes. most unconventional Bible studies. So if you can imagine <laughs> this, Ron, yeah, uh, we'd start out at 730 and do about a half hour praise and worship on the big, huge screen and then uh, do them announcements. And then we'd have somebody give their testimony. Nice. And, it, and it's, it's always amazing to me because we would, people would volunteer to do uh, their testimony. And after they got done, they would always come up and say, you know what? That was the scariest thing I have ever done. That was one of my biggest <laughs> fears in life was speaking in public, but I did it. And I said, you know, you did a fabulous job. You didn't stumble all over yourself. You did a great job. Yeah. And uh, it's just to see that look on their face when they get a victory yes, uh, <clears throat> like that. Because then they say, well, now I could go out and give my testimony to anyone. So if I can give it to 100 yeah. and some people sitting here staring at me. Um, <laughs> so then yeah. uh, once we, we get done with the testimony, then we take a little bit of a break. And people go get some popcorn and some snacks. And then we do about a 20-minute uh, topical study, whether it's Francis Chan or, you know, something that was a little topical of the day. And, uh, and then we'd break into small groups. We originally started out, you know, with some bigger groups. And then we said, no, they just, they're not personal enough. So we narrowed them down to four to five people in each group. And we'd just give them questions in each group just to invoke a little bit of conversation. And uh, so people would just really stay engaged. And uh, then they all look at the big clock on the wall. And as soon as <laughs> yes. it hits 10 o'clock, I tell everybody, I said, okay, could you please give us a hand putting the chairs up? And then you guys could kindly go in the other room and grab some snacks. And then in the meantime, we pull we have a, a cover on the floor, so we roll it all up and we'd start dance at a little bit after 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> yes. And at midnight, this dance floor is packed and most everybody was over 50 years old. And right. I thought you would not find this anywhere that I know of. Right. I mean, most yeah. uh, bars and stuff, they're done at 1030 stick a fork in them they're done i'm going wow at the ranch we're just getting started right. <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah there's... and most of the time we'd go till one o'clock in the morning and then we'd yeah. say yeah you know i guess we all got to get up tomorrow so 
Yeah. So that's a, and Mary usually is helping us usher people out at the end of the night. So she's a late bird. Oh yeah. And then, you know, we got to visit and talk and, but you know, sometimes you'll play some of the worship music too. And it's more of a little smaller group of people that kind of like, you know, stay behind and, and we have a little worship time sometimes if it's not too late. And then there's, you know, just visiting and, you know, different cleaning up and that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I'm a late, late person out there. I just, it's, it's hard to leave there. If you, if, ex, if you have experienced it, you would know it was very hard to leave. Um, I have one little quick story to share. And I, I think I have maybe told you this, Nate, I'm not sure, maybe, but, um, and it kind of leads into some, something else here we're going to do next. But um, the first time that I came out to the ranch, um, I had done an event or whatever before that, but the first time I was actually on the property and I came to a Bible study night and um, you had shared a story during the, uh, I don't know if somebody else had given a testimony or not, but you had shared this story. I didn't know you from, you know, at all. And you had started to share the story about your friend, Charlie, I think his name was that had come out to the ranch and you had been trying to um, speak into his life for a, quite a while and ask him out there and just trying to share Christ with him. I, and you had invited him out and he didn't make it that night. And oh. um, yeah, yeah, if you, yeah, share that a little bit, what happened there with that. Cause I just think that's so amazing and it really speaks to, you know, time is short and, if you, you know, share Jesus with people, don't hesitate, you know, because you just don't know what's going to happen. So I was really touched by that story. So if you would tell that, that would be awesome. Well, and I get an opportunity to come across quite a few people, but I think if this is the same guy, he, uh, he was a delivery motorcycle. guy for, yep. He was a delivery guy for one of the steel companies that I buy from. And, uh, he was being heavily recruited by the Hells Angels. And a lot of them were his friends. And, but he still hadn't committed to them because he thought, I don't feel like giving up like 10% of my income to you guys. You know, I love y'all dearly. You're my best friends, you know, and, and he was dry at the time. And his whole desire in life was to get a motorcycle. So he finally ended up getting his first Harley and he was coming up to the ranch and Nobody knows what happened, but anyway, he, he crashes his motorcycle on a clover leaf. And the guy right behind him pulls over, Hey dude, you got to go to the hospital. And he goes, no, no, I'm okay. And he said, no, no, you're really not. Okay. You need to go to the hospital. So he ends up giving him a ride to the hospital. In the meantime, he calls his buddies up says, Hey, my bike's over here. Can you guys come and fix it and or pick it up? And the hell's angels guys came and picked up his bike. And they had it fixed for him in less than 48 hours to get him back on the road. He couldn't ride for about six weeks because he had gotten pretty boogered up. But it was one of those things where the enemy was doing everything he could to keep him from coming out to the ranch. Right. And uh, uh, kind of an extension onto that story is uh, he was trying to get his own son to stop drinking. And his son actually drew him back into the drinking. And... Uh, this was about a couple of years later after this incident on the motorcycle of coming up. 
uh, he did pass away. Yeah. And I think that these guys stole probably his opportunity, but it was really a, a spiritual battle for him. And he was, he was an unbelievably great guy, but he was, I could really see where the enemy was pulling on him so hard. And, uh, right. and we were pulling on him. So, uh, it sure would have been nice to know if he did surrender somewhere along the way. Cause he was, he was right there and nobody really knew, you know, where he was at, but he fought his battles and, and we've had a lot of people from the ranch that have had alcohol issues and drug issues that, you know, they got set free and then got drawn back in. You remember Darren, right? Yeah, I do. Mary. Yep, I remember it, Aaron. Yep. And he would just come to me and he would say, you know what, I'm just under these attacks constantly. And he would get a victory and he would be under the, and, but I mean, he'd come right to your face and said, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and savior. And, uh, but he ended up passing away. Was that about a couple of years ago? Yeah. Two years ago, I think. But he just couldn't battle the battles anymore. The enemy just was relentless on him because he had a pretty powerful testimony also because he lived with one foot in each you know, for most of his life. Yeah. And that's, that's been uh, pretty interesting to get to know people on that level of, of where they're at, you know, and at the ranch, we try to encourage people to keep, keep in the fight. And, uh, but it's just amazing in that regard, you know, of the different people that turn over and we get to meet all of these new people all the time. And yeah. Someone leaves and then others just, God brings them in. So. Well, know. how does that go? Uh, we catch him and he cleans them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Fishers of men. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, that is a good uh, little segue here into um, part of the the thing we do here on the Godcast is we, we do a call out for salvation. And um, this week, um, Ron normally would do that, but um, this week I'm going to give it a shot. So, but uh, I just wanted to um, also thank you again, Nate, for, uh, for sharing um, I just am thrilled that you came on here today to share it with more people that um, because these are kind of my this is community is a little like my you know bards fm community family and and you're you know part of my ranch family and and we're all part of the big god family right so it's it's just amazing that you came on and shared all this and well i appreciate you uh you know inviting me to come on and it's it's humbling that uh, people would want to hear my little story <laughs> i mean there's always a lot more to it than that you got to try to condense it down and fit it in a period of time and uh yeah it's been a real we gave you more than you gave me <laughs> <laughs> 15 minutes they gave me 15 minutes <laughs> that's okay i shared the director's cut here like a couple months ago so well, we have to keep them uh, entertained the whole way through. So, uh, but no, I do appreciate yeah. you uh, inviting me on and, and also Ron for your patience uh, and 
taking me through all of the idiosyncrasies to get this thing going. I've never done a podcast before, so. Well, you could have pulled uh, this off. You did great. You sound like a real pro. And thank you so much for coming. Uh, of course, this is all Mary's idea. So, Mary, thank you so much for inviting him. Um, Nate, you are a blessing to us awesome. all here at Bards Nation. And welcome to the family. You're part of Bards Nation now, officially. Thank you very much. I, I'll accept that. We are a, um, we're a big family here and we pray for each other. We love each other. We take care of each other. We get a little, uh, nutty and crazy at times with politics, but, um, everything is centered around God, just like the ranch. And, um, again, thank you so yeah. much for being here. Yeah. I always have one little saying that I, uh, that I tell people, I said, you know, if I don't see you again, I'll see you on the other side. That's right. We will. Yeah. <laughs> well as far as salvation so that that brings us to the most important thing we can do tonight right correct and Amen. it's all about salvation so if anyone here is listening and you don't have jesus in your life and if you don't know him uh, don't worry about that because he knows you and he's been waiting for you you can know him. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, if it's a place of pain, you know, or, or wanting that light you see in others. You know, maybe you saw something in, in Nate's story tonight and um, you, just, you just want that, right? Even if, uh, even if you don't even know why you're wondering about it. You know, God is right here, right? And if you're even in a place where you think more, there's more to life than just, you know, waking and eat and sleep and repeat, wake, eat, sleep and repeat, you know, he's going to meet you right where you're at, right in the middle, right in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your questions, in the middle of your everyday life. You can be saved. So why is that important? It's everything. It's eternity. This life is but a flash, a breath. But salvation from sin through Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, brings you into the family of God, the Father, the one true God, the King of Kings. You know, as Nate was saying, the King, the King, right? And that's forever. It's a free gift. You just need to actively and intentionally you know, make a decision to receive it. So what if you're saying, I don't really know what that's about? What does that look like to receive salvation? What is it? What does it involve? And, you know, I'm, I'm talking to whoever's listening right now, even in the chat or even later on. You know, what if you're, you're asking those questions? Um, a few weeks ago, we did have a message here on the Godcast from Pastor Ethan Holmes, which is Mike and Ron's pastor. And he it's episode eight from February 10th, and he did break it all down, and he did an amazing job explaining it. But um, to put it simple here with you right now, you can look at three ingredients, okay? There's the problem, the solution, and the response. And the problem is sin and our need for a savior. We've all sinned, 
all of us. God defines the standard. And in Romans 3, 23 to 24, um, all have sinned and fallen short. We all have. And the solution is Jesus Christ's sacrifice for us on the cross, his perfect life for ours. In 2 Corinthians 5, 21, God made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin for our place, for our righteousness. And the response, it's an active step. It's confessing, which is admitting your need for Jesus and believing that he died for your sin, believing it in your heart. And this is what it means to be born again. And God makes all things new. And the Bible gives us a clear path of instruction on how to do that and what it looks like, what that response looks like. And it's laid out in Romans 10, 9 through 10. And we've, we read this every Friday on the Godcast. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is the heart it's with the heart that one believes and is justified and with the mouth that one confesses and is saved. So these are active steps. So right now, Ron is um, going to open up the call-in feature if he hasn't already for salvation. And if there's anyone listening right now that has felt a tug in your heart or if you've been wrestling with wondering if you're saved or if you've never confessed it out loud that Jesus is Lord, don't hesitate call in right now right now you can accept christ for the first time right here and now with us this could be the most important day of your life so don't miss it today on my playlist there's a song that came up and it's a song by ellie holcomb and it's called i don't want to miss it and so if you get a chance look that up after the show but she sings about God's voice and not wanting to miss the melody he's been singing over us. I don't want to miss one thing she sings. So don't miss it tonight. Call in. God's been waiting. We would love to walk you right up to the cross to meet Jesus right now, tonight. We have a prayer of surrender that we can say together. Or we can just talk it out in your own words, right? So I don't know if there's anybody waiting. Ron, you can maybe see that more than I can, I guess. Uh, we don't have anyone calling in, but if we can just remind as well, you can go to our Telegram page at This Is An Official Godcast, and our prayer surrender is there, and also Romans 10, 9 through 10. Yes. Right. Thank you, Mary. And, you know, it's... Um, even if we don't have any callers tonight, we're never going to get disappointed about that, right? No. I've... Because everything is always on God's timing, That's always. Right. And it's perfect every time, and he's never late. So if you're listening to a recording of this Godcast, it's okay. You don't need me, Ron, Mike, or Nate, or anyone else here to bring you salvation. You just need Jesus. And if you call on him right now, right where you are at. Confess out loud with your mouth that you need him and believe in your heart that he died for your sin on the cross. You will be saved. Count on it. 
And if you're hearing this and you want to you wanna speak out that prayer of surrender, I'll just say it right now. You can find it on the, on the Telegram page too. And um, I'm not really chatting out anything right now that I usually do, but um, you can just say this prayer, right? Dear God, I come before you today with a humble heart and I surrender my life to you. I believe that Jesus Christ was born free of sin. He died on the cross as a payment for my own sin and he rose three days later. I believe in your perfect gift of salvation and your eternal life because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God, today I repent and I turn from my old way of life. Today I ask for a new life through Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, God, for giving me life. Thank you for forgiving me and making me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've said that prayer, well, welcome to the family. Amen. Right? <laughs> but, you know, it doesn't stop from there. At there, we, uh, we at this is official. This is an official Godcast. Want to welcome you into God's family. We want you to know that we are all here for you and we want to pray for you and we want to support you and celebrate with you as you start this new adventure with Jesus. So please reach out to us at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com and we'll get uh, we'll even get a Bible out to you if you need one. And we also have an awesome group of people partnering with the Godcast. We call the Shore Up Squad. Um, and Little Red Rocking Chair is going to be on here uh, soon for her testimony here in another month or so. She's on that squad. Um, these are men and women who have been waiting in the wings to be the first point of contact for people individually um, with anybody who accepts Christ through the Godcast, whether it's on live or later on, it doesn't matter. You know, even if you didn't even listen to the Godcast or if you heard about the Godcast, you know, we just want to be there for you and connect you with um, somebody from the team that will pray for you and encourage you to and give you scripture resources and guidance and point you in the right direction for the next steps, like getting baptized, finding a local church, right? Amen. All with the goal of pointing you in a direction for future, more long-term type support in your faith. So, so just reach out to us at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com. And we will get you shored up and geared up for this big, new, fantastic adventure. So I'm talking right to you. Thank you, Mary. That was awesome. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. My dear. That's what it's all about, right? Yes, that is what it's all about. We are here for one reason, one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior. So please, if you're listening, share this with a friend of yours that you love that does not know God and let god do the rest mary would you like to close us out in prayer tonight sure oh lord <laughs> every friday i just want to say thank you so much because um, i just want to thank you every day but um thank you for bringing nate on tonight and thank you for just this ministry that he has you know, just put you at the center of. And I know that I feel super honored, Lord, that um, 
I get to have a season here with with all of these wonderful people there and and knowing that you're there. And so we just ask you to just pour out a blessing upon Nate and his family and um, everyone that he comes in contact that comes through those doors, Lord. We just pray a blessing over it. And um, we just thank you for him. And Lord, I also want to lift up a couple people who have um, wanted some prayer. They have some challenges here tonight, they've stated. And so this Christian in training has um, said that his uncle has uh, cancer and his grandma's in some pain and two ladies that he works with um, with bronchitis and heart problem. And so we lift all of those people up to you, Lord, and we just pray a healing over them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray healing into their bodies and into their minds and into their hearts even. And Lord, I just thank you that he has even just brought that out for prayer, the people that he's working with. That is so amazing. And so, Lord, I just want to pray a blessing over his workplace and the people that he is coming in contact with, that they will be touched by you somehow. So um, bless you. And Insidious wants um, to, she's got an unspoken prayer, so we, we lift that up, of course. And we pray in agreement to whatever it is that your will is in that situation. And we pray for um, her husband, Jeff, that we all know here from Kilted. And we pray a healing over him, just continued healing. We see, Lord, that he is a little bit back up here to, uh, to fellowship with us lately. So we, we praise you for that. But we also, um, we just continue to have a healing presence in his body, Lord. And um, her friend, Julie, as well, um, she had lifted her up last week, Lord. And so we lift up her health, health again to you. And you are the ultimate healer, Lord. So we know where to go, right? We go to, your, we go to you. And uh, also we pray for um, high vistas and uh, this the fever that she's been experiencing and, and whatever's going on in her body, Lord, we pray a healing over that. We pray that, that you know, you've designed the body in such a way that um, it's, a, it's a miracle, right? And we recognize that. And so whatever's going on in her body, Lord, we pray that your will is going to be done in it and that you, you would relieve her from any pain while this is, healing is going on. And um, just pour your peace over uh, her husband, Devo, and that um, thank you for him, that he is, he's there for her to support her and to, just to love on her and to pray for her. And so I just pray a blessing even over their marriage, Lord, that, um, you know, you're, you're just going to come up. And so um, I also pray for the people that have heard this testimony tonight. I pray that someone, if, you, if you've been touched by this message, if, if you felt a tug in your heart by the Lord, that's on purpose. There's a reason for it. And so, Lord, I just pray for a, just a 
boldness and courage for whoever is feeling that tug right now, that they will just be drawn into you. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, and we want everyone to know you. So keep us focused on that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Amen. Thank you, Mary. Amen. Mary, that was beautiful. Thank you so much. And Michael, Nate, thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate all of you uh, that are on here and pray that you have a blessed evening. God bless you. Yeah. You too. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> yes. I'll be hey, ready. Thanks again. You are a blessing to us, but also uh, you are quite a blessing to the, the King's Ranch. And thank you for everything that you're doing in God's name. Uh, we, we, we appreciate you so much. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much for the encouragement and uh, being part of the uh, Godcast tonight. Thank you. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here with us tonight. We greatly appreciate each and every single one of our listeners. We look forward to seeing you again next week. Until then. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Oh, he's playing it. Awesome. Just hummingbirds wings And I don't want to miss it I don't want to miss a thing So I climbed up in the sycamore tree Cause I don't want to miss a thing And I don't want to miss it I don't want to miss a thing I don't want to miss the melody That you've been singing over me
Tuesday blue plate special when the man in the next booth said don't you watch TV don't you know that God's a myth I hate to see you waste your breath cause there ain't no use talking to a ghost that don't exist the praying man said amen and looked up from his plate and said, you may not talk to God right now, but there's gonna come a day. Cause whether you're a farmer in the field, praying for the rain, or you curse him at the graveside, cause he called a loved one's name. You can thank him, you can blame him, either way you're gonna face him. Whether you believe in him or not Cause in the end Everybody talks to God Man in the booth went quiet Cause he didn't have a comeback so he chugged it off and paid his tab and shuffled out the door and the praying man he prayed for the man who drove away hoping he would see the light before it got too late but how was he to know he touched a non-believer's soul we got that conversation Two red lights down the road Cause whether you're a farmer in the field Praying for the rain Or you curse him at the graveside Cause he called a loved one's name and You can thank him, you can blame him Either way you're gonna face him whether you believe in him or not Cause in the end Everybody talks to God Everybody talks to God You can thank him, you can blame him Either way you're gonna face him Whether you believe in him or not In the end Everybody talks to God Everybody talks to God 
We all talk to God. Everybody talks to All right, that's a wrap. Once again, thank you everyone so much for being here, and we will see you next Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Podbean for Sovereign T's testimony. And we will see you then. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you.